And all right. <clears throat> Can you hear me? My my guess is you probably could hear me before. I don't, the only reason I need a microphone is just so that my voice doesn't get hoarse by the end. Um, our staff, they worked really hard to make everything come together for last, uh, last weekend. And uh, so we're just really grateful for uh, them and for their hard work last week. And I also want to mention, this wasn't on like the schedule of events, but with all of the guests that we had in town on Sunday afternoon, we hosted 22 people at our house for a, uh, for a lunch and for a barbecue. And uh, in particular, I want to mention Alyssa, Lanessa, and Jess. They came over to our home and they really helped to make everything come together. And we literally wouldn't have been able to serve 22 people uh, lunch if it wasn't for them just kind of serving and helping out at our home. And they really went above and beyond like the call of duty as it were. Because like at the end, like my house was completely clean. By the end, there was like nothing left for us to do to clean up afterwards. So thank you. More than anything, our hope and our prayer was that last weekend served as that kind of reminder of God's goodness and faithfulness throughout the history of City Church, as well as an invitation for us to look forward with joyful anticipation. All right? So, uh, in our... Um, in our previous city and in our previous church, every summer, uh, they would do a, uh, like a picnic. And at the picnic, there would be different games and different competitions. And one of those games, one of those competitions was a four-person ski race. How many of you have ever seen something like this? So nobody, okay. So they had these, uh, so they would get these, like make these wooden skis out of like two by six and then they would put on them like these little like foot things that would go over your feet uh four pairs of them so that four people could stand on one pair of skis so you would get your team of four people and then you'd get your skis behind the line and then you would everybody would strap into these uh, skis and then they would have these kind of little ropes that would be handles and then, you know, when the go signal is given, then you would have to race to a line that was way out there, turn around and come back. Uh, and of course, the, it's a race, right? So the first team to get back to the finish line wins. But it's always a hilarious thing to watch because as you can imagine, right, getting four people onto those skis and then everybody has to move in unison, right? And so often you hear the call, right? It sounds sort of like a military drill of somebody saying left, right, left, right, left, right, to keep everybody in time. Because if somebody steps a little too quickly, or if somebody uh, is a little bit slow in getting their feet off the ground, the, the ski stops and all four people end up going like this and kind of crashing to the ground. And it was a, a really great kind of object lesson because you had to get four people who could come together and then operate in unison, 
right? They needed to be able to get together and then be able to operate and coordinate themselves in a way where there was a unity that allowed them to get from here to the end and then to back in order to try to win the race. And you know what I discovered is that that kind of unison, that kind of unity, it is really hard. And there's a lesson here. And it's simply that unity is hard. Unity is hard. You know, today there's division everywhere. We know that. Uh, We could be divided by the P word. I don't even know if I want to say it. We all know what it is, right? We can be divided by politics, which is so divisive. We can be divided by geography, like where you're from, where you live. We could be divided by social and economic differences. We could be divided by race. We could be divided by language. Uh, As Christians, we can be divided by doctrine and theology. How about sports? That divides us. Are you with the Cowboys or the 49ers? Maybe you're with the Broncos. Maybe you're a fan of Taylor Swift. If you're sitting there right now saying, what does that have to do with football? How about this one? Which, which way should the toilet paper roll be oriented on the holder? Right? Are you team over or are you team under? <laughs> Here's a question that has brought much division to the Anderson household. And that is simply this. Does coffee count as water? <laughs> so when we're talking about how much water do we need to be drinking every day in order to be hydrated, there's a fairly intense debate within our home as to whether or not coffee counts. <laughs> in all seriousness, division is destructive. It destroys minds, it destroys friendships, marriages, families, businesses nations and societies it's even been known to destroy a church or two but that should not be so with us listen to paul's words to the corinthian christians in first corinthians chapter 1 verses 10 and 11 he says i urge you brothers and sisters in the name of our lord jesus christ to agree together to end your divisions and to be united by the same mind and purpose Listen, if we're going to be who God is calling us to be, and if we're going to do what God is calling us to do, then we must overcome the division that is so prevalent in our culture, and we must be a people committed to a spirit of unity. So over these next three weeks, we're going to be looking at this topic of unity, why it is so important and how it works. I pray that we will see that as a local church community, that we are that while we are a diverse people that we are united by our shared allegiance to Jesus Christ our commitment to the great command and our commitment to the uh, the great commission are you with me let's pray 
So Father, we just thank you for this day, for this moment, for this time in your presence to worship you, to give you honor, to give you thanks for your goodness, your faithfulness, your greatness in our lives. We thank you for your word that is a a light to our feet and a lamp to our path. We pray today that as we open your word to look at what it can teach us today about unity, we ask Holy Spirit that your presence would flood our lives, would flood this place, that you would open our eyes and our ears, that we may see what you want to show us and that we may hear what you want to speak to us and we thank you for it in your precious name amen in john chapter 17 we read a we read jesus praying for his followers this is towards the end of his time on earth and with his disciples it's kind of after the last supper but before he is arrested in the garden and jesus is praying for his disciples and in Verse 11, Jesus prays, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name that you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. In John chapter 17, continuing down in verses 20 and 23, Jesus says, my prayer is not for them alone, referring to the 12, but I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Who's that? That's us. That's Jesus praying for you and I. I pray for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the, uh, the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So, a couple things I want us to see here. The first is that our unity is rooted in the Trinity. That our unity is rooted in the Trinity. Now, the Trinity is, a, is an important concept theologically for us as Christians. And essentially, and we don't have the time, I mean, it would be weeks of digging specifically into that but essentially it is to say that God is one we believe in one God but we also believe that God is three that God is made up of three distinct and diverse persons and yet the members of the Godhead are perfectly united God is a triune community of three which are perfectly united in love and in purpose and we his church are called to be a community of many distinct and diverse people who are united together because all of us are in Christ. This is pictured very well in communion, which we just participated in worship, that it is our participation in the body and in the blood of Jesus, which does something within us that unites all of us together in him. And so our unity is rooted in the Trinity. I want us to also see that our unity provides the world with convincing evidence that the gospel we preach is true. Most of the reasons for division, for the division and strife that exists in the world also exists in this room. Think about it. 
Think about in your mind all the things that bring division in the world. Most of those things exist right here. Maybe not all of them, but most of those things exist in this very room. So what's the difference? It is the presence of God in our lives and in our midst that creates and maintains a spirit of unity. It is God's presence that makes the difference. It's his presence in our lives. It's his presence in our community. That is what illustrates to the world the convincing evidence that the gospel is true. Let me show you an illustration. I need, I have some props that I need my one or both of my daughters to bring up here. Um, I would like Daniel to know that I'm confident enough in this experiment that I will leave my iPad on the table here while we do this. I also would like to make a comment that I am in no way sponsored by Coca-Cola and that <laughs> this demonstration was not paid for in any way by the Coca-Cola company. And it's not water, it's real. You can see the, the fizz. I promise you that this is real Coca-Cola. Now, we know what happens. Most of us know, right? What happens when I take a couple of these Mentos and I put them into the Coca-Cola. We know what's gonna happen, right? Let's see. No, nothing. It's supposed to play. Maybe click it. This worked before the service. All right. We're going to have to bind, bind the spirit of something. Um, we all know what is supposed to happen. When I put the Mentos in the Coke, there's going to be what? There's going to be an explosion that's going to happen. There's going to be an eruption that is going to happen of foam and coke and all the things. And uh, it's a destructive type of thing, right? And so uh, we have this coke, we have this Mentos. Let's call this coke us, where it's that we, you know, people that gather together, we're all here. This is, let's call the coke the community. Let's call the Mentos the things that, you know, can come in and divide, the little issues that bring conflict, the issues that bring tension, the issues that can bring offense if we're not careful, the issues that can bring division and cause us to oppose one another. But you know, the Bible says, uh, refers to the Holy Spirit or the presence of God using the analogy or the illustration of oil. So if we take this body, this group of people that represents by, represented by our Coca-Cola, and we add to it this oil which is going to represent to us the presence of the Holy Spirit in our midst. And now I add these issues which under normal circumstances would be divisive and explosive. What I see is that nothing happens. What I see is, is that whatever would be explosive, whatever would be divisive, whatever would cause conflict, that it is somehow contained by the presence of this oil. 
And so it is the presence of God that is in our midst. It is the presence of God that is in our lives that makes it so that we can come together. And though there may be reasons for division, and though, though there may be issues that need to be resolved, unlike what happens out there, there is something that is happening in here that allows there to be a spirit of unity and that that reality testifies to the world that the gospel that we proclaim is true. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And so our unity is rooted in the Trinity, and our unity provides the world with convincing evidence that the gospel that we preach is true. No, you can leave that right there. Thank you. I want us to see today that the Jesus movement, that the Jesus movement was birthed in unity. That the whole movement of Jesus was birthed in unity. In Acts chapter 2 verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. They were all together in one place. And it was in that place of being together, of being united, that the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost and the movement of Jesus, the church was birthed in that moment. And so we see, if you read the rest of the chapter, and we will skip over a good portion of it here this morning, but we see that the Holy Spirit is poured out upon about 120 people uh, gathered together in an upper room. And there's this powerful demonstration of the presence of God in their midst that spills out of that upper room and into the community. And Peter stands up before a crowd of people that was witnessing what was happening. And he declares the gospel to them. And the scriptures tell us that about 3,000 people became followers of Jesus on that day because of what they witnessed in this community that had gathered together. And at the end of chapter 2, of Acts chapter 2, where we see the birthing of the church, it says in, in verses 42 to 47 that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the mighty wonders and signs that were performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to everyone who had need. And every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved so I want you to see that they were together when the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit fell upon them. There's something about a people gathered together in a spirit of unity that opens a door, that is an atmosphere in which the presence and the power of God is poured out in our lives and in our church. The unity or togetherness of the first community of Jesus followers resulted in a global movement that swept through the then known world and is still advancing today. 
So the main point that I want you to see today, over these next three weeks, we're going to really look at three kind of qualities or characteristics surrounding this issue of unity. But what I want you to see today is that we are united by our shared allegiance to Jesus. We're united by our shared allegiance to Jesus. Whatever reasons could exist for there to be disunity in our church community, none can supersede, none can be bigger than the reason why we come together in a spirit of unity, that we are united by our allegiance to Christ. Listen, we're surrounded by and we are immersed in a culture that is characterized by so much division, by so much polarization. It is our unity that gives the world a glimpse of what it looks like when Jesus Christ is king. Listen, America knows what it looks like when Joe Biden is president. It knows what it looks like when Donald Trump is president. It knows what it looks like when whoever is president. But America needs to get a vision of what it looks like when Jesus Christ is king. Now listen, one day Jesus will return and his victory will be realized and his kingdom will be fully expressed. But in the meantime, in the city of Albuquerque, in the state of New Mexico, in these United States, there is an outpost of the kingdom of God. A community, a diverse community of people, men and women, young and old, who gather together, not because we have everything in common, but because we have one thing in common. And that is that Jesus Christ is our King. That's what unifies us. That is the source of our unity. So, what do we do about this? A couple of things to consider in how do we walk in unity? How do we apply this in our lives and in our church? The first is simply this. We need to make sure that Christ truly is Lord in our lives. We need to be sure that Christ truly is Lord in our lives. Let me read a scripture to you that nobody puts on their refrigerator. In Luke chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate their father and mother, their wife and children, their brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Whoa. So, is Jesus actually saying here that we ought to hate our own family members? No, he's not. Let's be clear. Pastor Jeff is not teaching family hatred. Here's what Jesus is getting at. He's saying that your allegiance to me, your loyalty towards me, your devotion towards me, your dedication towards me should be so much so that all of the other affections and, uh, and relationships and loyalties that you will have in your life, all of which are good, but they should pale in comparison. That the difference should be stark. 
The apostle Peter says it this way. In 1 Peter 3.15, he writes, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. What is Jesus getting at? What is Peter getting at? It is simply this, that within our hearts, there can be no rivals to Jesus. That there can be no rivals. There can be no other objects of our love and of our devotion and of our loyalty and of our allegiance that could stand beside God. Do you know in the Old Testament, when God would say that you shall have no other gods before me, do you know that that word before doesn't mean above? That that word before is not a statement of like a, a priority list. That word before actually means in my presence. Meaning, you shall have no other gods along with me. There can only be one, and there can be no rivals. Now, listen, what does this have to do with unity? It's simply this that if there are rivals to Christ in your heart, Inwardly, you will be divided. And if you are divided inwardly, then what is inside always comes out. And if inwardly you are divided, then it will be hard for you to contribute to unity within any community of people. First, there must be a unity within our own heart. Where Jesus is king and he has no rivals. And when we are unified within our own hearts in Christ, now we become those who can bring unity wherever we are. It comes out of you because it is inside of you. Secondly, so make sure that Christ is your Lord. Secondly is decide that, uni that unity is worth fighting for. Decide that unity is worth fighting for because the mission of Christ is worth it. Because the person of Christ as king is worth it. Listen. I don't know if you heard, but there's an election coming up next year. And while I don't mean to get all into it, the point is this, is that there are all kinds of reasons that exist within our culture today for disunity, political and otherwise. My point is simply this, in the next year, that's, not gonna, that's unlikely to get less. The likelihood is that that only ramps up and becomes a little bit more intense within our culture. What, what, what's the point? The point is simply this, is that there will be plenty of reasons for fear and anger and there will be plenty of voices that will channel fear and anger towards others so that we may mark them as enemies and cause division. So in this community of faith where we are united by our shared allegiance to Jesus, we must determine that the spirit of division and disunity will have no place in our lives and no place in our church. That it will have no place in our thoughts that it will have no place in our words, that it will have no place in our behaviors. But that we will fight for unity. We live in a world where polarization and division is the norm. 
But we demonstrate to the world what it looks like when Jesus Christ is king, when we say that unity is worth fighting for. Now we live, this is one of the ways in which we live in the world, but we resist the world living in us. And so the world may be full of division. And we may live in that world, but that spirit has no place here. It has no place in your life. It has no place in your home. It has no place in this church. So decide that unity is worth fighting for. Finally, invite God's presence and power into your life daily. Invite God's presence and power into your life daily. Why? Well, simply because we need him. We need him. I don't know about you. I know people have different personalities and different responses to conflict, but I know myself. And when there's an argument to be had, I want to be in the middle of it. When there's a debate to be had, I want to be in the middle of it. There's something, you know, some of us, it's like we love a good fight. And listen, like, that's okay. Like, God put within you that spirit that, you know, hates injustice, that wants to stand for righteousness, that wants to stand for what is good. Like, I'm not um, in any way, please don't see this as a criticism of that. But the point is, is that uh, what I've discovered is that having a spirit of unity about myself and having an attitude of unity towards the people around me that doesn't always come natural to me. I, I, know, I, know that in, I know that I come across as being, you know, loving and friendly and, you know, all the things towards all the people. Not always. But listen, it doesn't always come natural to me. And I suspect that for some of you, it doesn't always come natural to us. I think what we see in the world is the reality that division and disunity is what comes natural to us. And so if we are to be different, if we are to be the people that God is calling us to be, if we are to be a people where the spirit of unity reigns in this place, then we need God for that. And what it means, it means that daily I'm inviting God's presence and power into my life. Daily I'm saying, Lord, may your kingdom come, may your will be done in my life. Will you help me today to be the person that you want me to be? so that I may live a life that honors you, so that I may live the kind of life that is a blessing wherever I am today, whether I'm at my home or whether I'm at my workplace or wherever I am, will you cause your light to shine through me into the darkness of our world so that somehow my words and my life may point a lost and broken world to Jesus Christ because we know that you are not only my answer, but you are everyone's answer, right? And so we invite his presence and his power every day. So, unity. Unity, we come together in unity because we have a shared allegiance to Jesus Christ. All the reasons for division, they're fine. They're like, they're there. But the one reason to come together, that Jesus Christ is king. And because he is king, we make him so in our own lives, choosing daily to surrender to him, to his plans, to his purposes. We decide and determine that unity is worth fighting for.
and we say, that spirit may be in the world, but it has no place in my life and it has no place in my church. And finally, daily I present myself to God and I say, Lord, would you fill me with your spirit, with your presence, with your power? Help me today to be the person that you are calling me to be so that I may bring that spirit of unity when I'm at church, when I'm at home, when I'm at work, when I'm in my neighborhood. Why? So that the world will know that you sent your son Jesus to conquer evil and sin and death so that the whole of creation could be renewed through your death and your resurrection. Are you with me today? Would you stand with me this morning? I want us to do uh, just a couple things, but here, I would love us to just stretch our hands out to the Lord today and just to thank Him, to say, Lord, I thank You that You have brought us together as a local church community, Lord, that you have brought us together, that you have done so, that we could experience unity in our midst, so that we could experience the reality of your kingship here in our lives and in our church. So can we do that? Just stretch our hands out and just say, Lord, we thank you today. We thank you that you have brought us together, that you have saved us that you have renewed us, that you have restored our lives, that you have brought us together so that we can be a people unified by our shared allegiance to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you brought us together, Father. Thank you that you brought us together in a spirit of unity, Lord. Thank you that you brought us together in a spirit of unity. Come on, just lift up your voice and just begin to say, Lord, would you help, help us? Lord, help us to be a people who fights for unity. Help us to be a people who fights for one another. Be, help us to be a people committed to unity, that there will be no division in our lives. There will be no division in our families. There will be no division in our church. That though that may be in the world, that that spirit that is in the world, that it has no place in our lives and it has no place in our church. Come on, just you express that to the Lord in the lifting of your voice. To say, Lord, help us to fight for unity. Help us to fight for unity that the world would know that you sent your son. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray uh, Lord, that you would forgive us, Lord, for every moment where we have allowed ourselves to be carried away by a spirit of division and disunity, where we've allowed, uh, Lord, those divisive thoughts to take root within our minds, where we have allowed divisive words to be on our lips. 
and where we have acted in ways that have not promoted unity. Lord, I ask today that you would forgive us and I pray that you would restore a spirit of unity to our lives and to our church, Lord. We are a united people because you are our king and the world is so desperate to see a vision of what it can look like when you reign within a community. And that's what you have called us to be. That's the mission that you have invited us to participate in. So we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would stir within our hearts a commitment and a determination that we will be a people whose thoughts and words and lives will be aligned with a spirit of unity that you would be glorified in our lives and in our church and that our world would know that you sent your son and that because of his life, death, and resurrection today, he is king. And we thank you for it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. One more thing that I would like you to do. This is the moment of kumbaya. It's a unity message, so we have to do it. I simply would like you to do this and I'll, you can wait until I say go because I hate it when a pastor says hold the hand of the person beside you and then proceeds to talk for a while. <laughs> but when I say go, you can grab the hand of the person beside you and just for a moment, would you simply pray blessing over their lives? Pray that, pray that the favor of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God will just explode upon them in every way that it can because it's hard to not like someone that you sincerely desire to see blessing fall upon. Amen? So having said that, we'll just do it for 30 seconds. Go. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we pray blessing. We pray blessing. We pray blessing. We pray blessing, Lord. We pray blessing, Lord. We pray blessing, Lord. We pray blessing, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. Listen, if I just forced you to hold the hand of a complete stranger, I apologize. <laughs> Listen, church, uh, uh, we have a, a prayer team that will be up here. If you're here today and you have never personally, uh, and you've never personally made Jesus your Lord and Savior, we would love to pray with you to that end. You can walk out of here today a brand new person. Our prayer team is here to pray for you. If we can pray for you for anything that might be on your heart or your mind today, we would love to stand with you in faith and ask God to meet that need uh, in your life. And so that's available for you here today. Church, listen, we love you. Have a great rest of the day and a great week. While you're right now, why don't you turn around Find someone that you've never met before and say hello to them today and have a great day. God bless you.